Get ready to lead with your heart, embrace rejection, and change your language. Welcome to the Milk Crate Mastermind Podcast, where we uh, talk about real business topics. And today I'm especially excited for, for what we're going to talk about, which is team no sleep or hashtag team no sleep or, uh, or burnout. And because as, a, as an entrepreneur, we are wearing all the hats. We're constantly, you know, being CEO, the salesperson, the customer service rep, the person that delivers everything. We are doing everything. And yet, you know, that, that machine, you know, when it's on our shoulders can lead us to exhaustion. And, you know, I know, I know what hashtag team no sleep means to me. And, and what burnout means. And if you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, you're about to find out soon. So uh, I just want to go around um, in, before we dive in, introduce having everyone give their introductions. So um, uh, Barbara, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, I'd love to. Um, hello, everybody. Um, my name is Barbara Ulmer. I am the Triple Language Master supporting busy people with transitions. I like to help people learn languages. Yay! Awesome. Yeah, Barbara is the, the language master. So like, it's so impressive. I, <laughs> it's extremely impressive. And I'm happy to have her on the show as one of our, um, one of our special partners. So thank you, Barbara. Um, thank you for having me, Amy. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> Monica, Monica, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Monica Henderson, and I'm the founder of Mink Life Motivation, where we um, focus on helping millions of professionals worldwide uh, live their birthright of healthy, wealthy, and fulfilled. Uh, and we do that in support of each other. Ooh, their birthright. That's powerful. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you. And Dave, Dave, we got in the, we got, we got, we got here. <laughs> Please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Dave Baldwin, the founder of Baldwin Systems and the creator of the Escape 8 to 5 course. I combine my background in technology, finance, and marketing strategy to deliver holistic, integrated, systems, systematic solutions for businesses looking to scale and grow. And that is, I think that's all I got for right now. There you go. You know, Dave was there, you know, Dave and Nancy have been there and you'll hear from Nancy soon, but they both read this inception of the milk crate and it's because of Dave's skills and experience that he was able to help me build this platform. So thank you, Dave. Uh, Nancy, please introduce yourself. Hi everyone, I'm Nancy Leffler, the founder of Being With Grief and author of The Alchemy of Grief, uh, Your Journey to Wholeness. Uh, I teach my clients skills to help them successfully move through grief so they can fully participate in, in their lives and find meaning, purpose, and joy again after a devastating loss. Thank you, Nancy. And I, I know that's an extremely important, extremely important role that you play. I mean, especially since, you know, I've been a client of yours and I'd say that grief takes you in all kinds of different ways. So it's good to have a guide like you around to show us where to go. Um, so anyways, so we're going to go into the, the meat of everything. So I just want to first hear from all of you. What do you think hashtag team no sleep is and the culture around it? So, so Barbara, uh, I would love to your take on this. My take on sleep? 
Oh no, the 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 the, the term hashtag team no sleep. Team no sleep, yes. Mm -hmm. Which is for me the center is sleep, right? That you are busy, that you are um, business owners, oh. most of us, and that you are deprived of sleep, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes exactly. And um, that happens easily because um, when you are everything, I love your introduction and I'm in love with your storytelling and all the fantastic programs you do. And so um, I thought about it too. Um, yes, we have stories behind our schedules. We, we try to be between um, business life and personal life. And we sometimes forget to sleep enough, you know, because um, we, we wear so many hats in essence. And I think that is why. And like I started um, setting a schedule on my calendar to make myself sleep more or and sleep in between like you know when the kids were little I slept with the kids you know kid is down mom is down kid is up mom is up you know to catch up and now that they are older um, I try to do a lot while they're at school to um, have the recovery time that I need in between you know like I have a lunch time on my calendar because I keep forgetting to eat and I realize it so now I have a calendar time at two o'clock I eat you know, so I have to eat, I don't forget it. And um, this is how I try to make sure that I also go to bed at a certain time, you know, where you block off your calendar again, so you're not reachable. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I think you bring up a good point that team no sleep, it doesn't just mean lack of sleep, it means also forgetting to do basic things like eating, like you were just saying. And that you have to put it on your calendar. And I know, like for those of you who are listening who are not necessarily entrepreneurs or just in the very beginning stages, you're thinking, how could you forget how to eat? It, it happens. It's it's real. That's that's how it is. Um, so thank you, Barbara. Monica, I, I would just love your take on what is hashtag team no sleep and the culture around it. So hashtag team no sleep is hashtag team crazy. Uh, you are inviting crazy yeah. into your life by being a part of hashtag no sleep. When I hear hashtag no sleep, I think uh, hashtag I'm not a master of my calendar. Hashtag I take on way too many things that I shouldn't be taking on because I can't possibly be effective in all those things. Hashtag I'm not important enough. Mm. Prioritize me. When I hear hashtag team no sleep to me it sounds like I have uh, that people have really adopted this idea that they are not human uh, and that their human their human side of them is not a powerful source uh, to uh -huh. help them get achieved what they need to get achieved and so Clearly, I am not hashtag <laughs> team no sleep. Um, I am hashtag team sleep is magic, right? And it cures all and bees all and, and is the alchemy. Uh, I love uh, Nancy. She's always talking about alchemy. It's it, like, I'm a huge fan of, of Nancy's, by the way. Uh, <laughs> didn't know. Uh, and so it really is that, that time um, that our, every part of us, our mind, body, and soul get to rest. Uh, and when we don't do that, we cannot possibly be the business owners, the professionals, the parents, the, the spouses, the friends, the, the cousins, the all of the things that we are to everyone in our world. If we are team no sleep, we are team I'm going to go off uh, at the drop of a hat and be easily triggered. So 
Yeah. Uh, definitely not into team no sleep. The culture behind it to me is so toxic uh, and really kind of devalues our humanity um, when we realize that the basic functions of being a human um, are when we are not focusing on those basic functions of being a human. So that's hashtag wow. team. Sleep is awesome. T sleep is everything. Yeah. <laughs> so there, if I had a mic right now, it would have been like, I would have dropped it and then dropped it over and over again with everything <laughs> you just said. Cause I was like, oh yeah, team crazy. And you know, we're devaluing our humanity and you know, sleep cures all. Oh my gosh, Monica. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think everyone on this show is team sleep, but I, I could be wrong, we'll see. But thank you, thank you so much, Monica. <laughs> um, Nancy, what is hashtag Tino sleep? And the, you know, what is the culture that you've noticed? Well, I think it stems from the culture of perfectionism because we, we all are expected to be whatever we think someone else wants us to be. And, and because, because of that, sometimes we work too much and, and we get to a point of uh, burnout. And so Team No Sleep is trying to be perfect when there, there is no perfectionism. There, there's perfectionism doesn't exist. And like Monica said, when we are human, when we play in the messiness of, of our lives, um, that's when we um, find out that that um, perfectionism doesn't exist. And, yeah. and when we are sleeping, we're also in a stress response and nothing can happen. Nothing good can happen in a stress response. You know, we, yeah. we need to be, uh, uh, just speaking of grief, when I'm stressed, my grief is right at the surface. And um, I'm sure that's true for not just grief, but any of, of, of our um, uh, of our triggers, you know, we're, we're mm -hmm. triggered faster when we're uh, tired, when we're stressed. So Team No Sleep is not a team that I want to be on. I want to be on um, Sleep is Magic. I like that, Monica. There you go. You know, you brought up a, a good point, Nancy, that grief can show up when we're triggered and we're more likely to be triggered when we are burned out and uh, lack of sleep, lack of food, lack of a lot of things. And, you know, I think it was a really important point that you brought up that, you know, when we are in that spot, it's not a matter of just getting more sleep. It's also a matter of what is it that I really want. And, you know, what we really want oftentimes challenges the perfectionism that we feel like we have to uphold. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's so insightful. Thank you, Nancy. Dave, what are your thoughts on hashtag team no sleep? So there's another angle of this I find the most disturbing is the idea that I'm not a team player unless I go without no sleep, according to this mm -hmm. idea. So my identity as a member of this team, my contribution to the team is measured by the extent to which I'm willing to sacrifice my own health, my happiness, and my sanity. That's that's what makes me a good team player, according to this way of thinking, which, like Monica said, I mean, the level of toxicity of this is, is at a point where I can barely even get my head around it, why anyone thinks this is a good idea. But you know, one of the other things, I think there's two things I see giving rise to, to what's really led us to a place as a culture where people regularly celebrate this. 
first of all, starts off with paying people by the hour. It's conditioned us to measure productivity by number of hours put in, which is not an accurate way to measure productivity at all. It's led to all kinds of dysfunctions in the workplace, especially when you've got people that you know, they, they know that because I've, I've experienced this. I mean, I worked in factories where people got paid by the hour and people learned how to slow down their productivity so they could stretch out the hours longer. And that way there'd be overtime to get paid for on Saturday. Mm. And, and it, it's like you're, you're expected to play along with that. You interfere with that. You're going to make some enemies pretty quickly. So you, you, you combine that with you know, looking at how then we've got this, this incentive or I guess this imperative rather to appear to be busy at all times at work because you don't want people to you don't want to look like you're not busy when you're getting paid by the hour or even if you're on salary. So now you've got people saying, you know, there, there's and it's interesting to see how that's how it's evolved in a virtual world when you know people just throw off these comments or or just try to use these what they think are subtle tactics, but are usually more obvious than they think to try to appear to be, oh, it's I'm so crazy busy and all this kind of stuff. Like it should be a badge of honor. That, that mm-hmm. that's the other the other piece. But you know, when when I think about team no sleep ultimately, like what what are the real implications? I think what's what's the real lie driving it? The lie that we tell ourselves is that if we work 20 hours or we stay up all night, that we're actually being productive for all 20 of those hours. Or if we work mm-hmm. all night, we're being productive all night. We obviously can't be because it's, it's no different than trying to run a machine 24 hours a day and never take it down for preventative maintenance. Parts are going to start breaking. You, you know, and, and, and from a human standpoint with the human body, with all of its intricacies and complexities, I mean, I know my experience has been, I've gone back and looked at just glaring, obvious mistakes that I made mm. that after when I'm looking at it with a fresh eyes, after a full night to sleep, I'm like, how did I not see this? Well, because my brain wasn't functioning at its optimal level. So I, I really feel like that point of diminishing return sets in pretty quickly when we get, especially when we subject ourselves to the manipulation of a team. And we begin to take on a sense of identity from self-sacrifice. It really distorts a sense of reality, but it doesn't happen in, in one fell swoop. It happens so gradually that we don't notice happening. So, so yeah, I mean, team, I'm, I, I, th- I think so far we've got no recruits for team no sleep here. So. <laughs> We're all part of team sleep. We're, go team. <laughs> so, well, okay, Dave, I think you, okay, how do I go about this? Like you just, I felt like you you have a plate of food and you just like dropped in front of us. Like there's this whole like smorgasbord of like things you just, <laughs> and so I can't like, I can't go on before we dissect it a little bit more. I just, I just want to say before I, I give it to the other panelists here that for me, I, especially with, you know, uh, consulting and also writing uh, stuff for my clients in some way, there's a there is a diminishing return because for myself you know I have personally tried to do work for clients like after my child goes to bed after 10 o'clock and I have looked at my I've looked at my work it's not as good as it could be it it probably had a lot of mistakes and you know I, I had to learn that at some point that you know watching out for my own well-being will pay off for myself and my clients because, you know, I don't want to give them crappy work. No, no. And I, and I think that when it comes to 
everything that you talked about, the toxicity of tea, no sleep, you know, it, there is something very toxic about, well, if you're not in tea, no sleep, then, you know, you're not, you're not doing the work, you know, and I think as, as entrepreneurs, you know, we're, I, I even see people who are part of different teams of different parts of Team No Sleep or different organizations and different businesses all rallying together like, yes, Team No Sleep is the glory. It's the badge of honor. And, and I think sometimes they hold on to that because that's the only thing they can do to hold on because they don't have any other way to get things done other than, you know, completely ignoring their own needs. And so in order to stay on this path, because they, don't, they can't see any other way, they rally other people with them. And that is really, for me, that's at the root of the toxicity. So does anyone have anything to say to what Dave just like dropped here? Like, does anyone like, like wanna raise a Monica? Yeah, so um, I 100% agree with what Dave was saying about it just kind of being a bunch of small, little, tiny, um, sacrifices that we've made um, that kind of put us in this position. Uh, and and he, But where I really, really resonate with what he was saying was about like, you know, we were, we're taught in high school to stay up late and study. Uh, and then it's re, reinforced in college to stay up late and pull an all-nighter to study uh, and so by the time we get into the workforce, whether we are entrepreneurs or professionals in whatever field we're in, that concept of I must sacrifice uh, my body uh, is just kind of innate and embedded into it. Uh, but what I realized and what, what's important for, I think, everyone to know is it's our job to know us better than anybody else. It's, it's our own job, right? Like, I should know my circadian rhythm better than anybody else uh, in the world. And I should also know when my brain is working at peak, peak function and when it's working at the diminished function um, so that I can give my best in every way. And I know for a fact that I am fresh off sleep. My brain is amazing. It is the most miraculous machine that can possibly be put on this earth. And I can chuck out so much and, and, and be so productive. And I know at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I'm completely corruptible. And you can ask me to do anything other than what I'm supposed to do. And I'm gonna go off on a, on a rabbit hole tangent with you to do that. And so that concept of no sleep uh, can actually even be derived even like deepened even further of like, not only is it no sleep, but it's also like, when does sleep, when does sleep need to apply for you so that you can actually use your brain in a really effective and impactful way. And for me, you know, I'm all, I'm all about like, I'll go to bed at six o'clock if I have to 6 PM. Yes, I said it 6 PM. Uh, <laughs> if I have to and get up at two or three o'clock in the morning, because I know when I wake up, my brain's going to be ready to go, ready to strike, ready to handle things, as opposed to trying to stay up and, and really kind of deal. Uh, so when Dave was talking, that was like immediately came forward was like, yeah, you have to know how your brain functions um, better than anybody else does so that you can actually give your best. Um, and you, you need to be the ownership of, you need to be in ownership of that. And, and that requires you to control how you sleep. 
Yeah, I absolutely heard that from Dave too, that it takes ownership to, to really understand what's really going around uh, on around you when other people are rallying like one cry and you're like, but that doesn't make sense for me. No, no, that doesn't really work for, for my body. And I think that, um, I think that when it comes to team no sleep, we have to separate ourselves from the collective and, and in turn, by doing that, we serve the collective better. And I love what you just said that my brain, you know, your brain is the most miraculous. I, I froze. Um, I think that's a really great way to to look at it. It's like, you know what? My brain is very valuable and it needs this right now, but it will be at optimal levels tomorrow. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, thank you, Monica. And, and then Barbara, I know you have your hand up. Oh, you're thank you. Yes. Um, I was also inspired by what um, Dave said because I just moved and I don't like moving. I don't like packing. So I always buy the big package. I get everything packed. It has then warranty and then they unpack everything. And it reminded me of my team of three men, what Dave said about going by the hour. Like all of a sudden my team of three was a team of one. They, they mainly spoke Spanish, not a lot of English, but I understand a lot. And so I asked the one that was left behind what was going on. And they said, oh, they were going to buy something to drink, you know? And I had already bought drinks and food for them. You know, they mm -hmm. didn't announce that they disappeared. And I was like, and it takes two people to get something to drink. And then they, then they explained, yes, because the truck has problems. So it takes two people to drive. And so it diminishes their work, you know? So yeah. I totally relate to it that they like, came up a bit with, a, with an excuse, right? Like, okay, right. I need a break, let's go drink shopping, you know? Although they were already provided to them by me, you know? Because I appreciate their work and encourage it. And I think it, um, it really diminishes also quality work, you know, where you can, because you're on the clock and then you get the overtime. So I could very much relate to it because I just experienced it. And at the same token, I also love the, um, the idea of this hourly moreover as a creative, because if you are creative and you are stuck in hourly um, systems, it, it stops you, you know, because I just wrote my first chapter after I had two courses with you, I was ready to tell my story, right, Amy? And mm -hmm. so I wrote and I had a total block, you know, and I'm, I'm trained, like Monica mentioned, from college to be this last minute person. And I run around everywhere saying, I only function under pressure. I need pressure. That's how I work, you know? So mm -hmm. in college, I would always go like, okay, I'm, I pull an overnighter and then I bring my work and then I go back to bed because I'm exhausted. I'm done for the day. I can't take any more class. And so mm -hmm. I was like, you're older and wiser now. I'll be on time. I start writing soon. And, but I'm trained, you know, conditioned by this pressure. And I had so much time left, I couldn't get any words on the paper. So I was looking at 3,000 words and I was dragging my feet. I, it took me forever to write 200. I was like, this was a bad plan, right? To sign up for the book because you're not under pressure. You want to be rational. So then I took 
just also break, I slept, then I wrote, and when I was finished, it was 3,200 words or something, because I had a fresh brain again too, and then it flowed easily, you know, because you said like, okay, I have my cup of coffee, I'm in my cozy place, I have etheric oils, and then I could work well again. So the fresh brain I can totally relate with, with Monica, like she said, even with your fantastic conferences, Monica, I sleep like a baby too. I go to bed at six <laughs> because, you know, oh my God, what time in the world is this? You know, with her English, London, the London conference, I was sleeping early. So I'm like, I'm not going there half asleep, you know, so I need a different solution. So I can relate to both of what you were saying very well. I love it. Thank you. And then uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, um, Monica runs uh, these conferences called the Next Conferences. Uh, and so um, me and Barbara have, and, and now Nancy have all spoken for uh, Monica's conferences. So I'm sure that when we circle back to Monica at the very end, she'll tell you more about them. So uh, Nancy, you, you raised your hand when Barbara was talking. Uh Yes, what occurred to me is that sleep is basic self-care or self-love. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think of self-care as the, all the extra things like getting a massage or a manicure or a haircut. Or, but basic self-care um, is getting enough sleep or, or, or eating nutritious food so that you can support your body and you can support yourself in the way that you need to support yourself. And I, I like to call it non-negotiable self-care, non-negotiable self-love. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you don't know that it's non-negotiable until you try to do something else. You know, you, you try to get by with um, little or no sleep and um, you're just not successful in doing any writing or, or doing anything really. I, I need my sleep, I need to, to eat good food at regular times. And if I don't, I can't function. Now, when I worked in corporate, I, I would be walking out the door at six o'clock at night after having worked 10 hours and I would get dirty looks all the time. And I that didn't stop me though. Uh, <laughs> I had put in my time, and, and, but a lot of us were in corporate before we were entrepreneurs. So we carry that in, um, with us like Monica was saying, um, high school and college, corporate, and then we think we need to do it the same way. And that's when we soon find out that we can do it our way. And, mm -hmm. and our way is the way that makes us successful. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Monica, raised her hand to that. Um, Monica, what do you to say about that? Well, I just wanted to kind of double down on that because, you know, that she did bring up a point of like entrepreneurs think, well, I did this in corporate. So this is what's going to work for me as an entrepreneur. But we got to remember uh, when you leave that workforce, you left it because you didn't want to be told what to do. You didn't want someone else to dictate to how you want. You left it because you were burnt out. You were stressed. You were overwhelmed uh, and you were working hard for no payoff. You weren't fulfilled. You, you were, you may have a lot of money, but everything else about your life wasn't good. And so I love, love that, what you said about like non-negotiable self-care. Um, that is now a part of my vocabulary. Thank you, uh, thank you, Nancy, for that. Uh, adding that to my book of, of words uh, to kind of talk about this, but it really is so true. Yeah. Uh, when you look at babies, when they cry, they only cry for three reasons, right? They only cry because they're wet. 
because they're sleepy or because they're hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is it. <laughs> they don't cry yeah. for any other reason unless there's a, a true problem. And somehow we've forgotten that as adults. We've forgotten that like, oh, you know, I don't feel good. Am I sleepy? Am I hungry? Do I have to like, do I have to go to the restroom? Like <laughs> that should be the first three questions that we ask ourselves and we don't. We we usually like, oh, well, it must be some someone else's fault or I must just be overwhelmed or I must just be stressed. And we allow ourselves to kind of like make that the excuse. Oh, it, well, it's okay because it's stress yeah. or it's, it's okay because it's, uh, because it's grief or it's okay because it's whatever it is. Yeah. When the reality is we, we were given the codes on how to be happy from birth, which was I'm upset because I'm hungry. I'm upset because I'm sleepy. I'm upset because I need to, I need to get rid of some, some sort of bodily function. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and other, otherwise I can be happy. Um, yeah. So when Nancy said that, it just reminded me of like when my, when my baby was, <laughs> when my baby was little, that was the checkpoints. It was like one of these three things, if it ain't one of those three things, we're going to the doctor. Right. And we don't do that anymore. We don't do that at all. I know. It's so interesting how, if, uh, if we look at our needs, we look at those as, you know, I'll do that later things when really when we were babies, it was like the front and center, like, how could you, how could you think of anything else when I'm not fulfilled in these different ways? Absolutely. Uh, Dave, uh, do you have any afterthoughts? Because I know that I, when you, when you dropped your, your last comment, it just kind of sparks the conversation. So I wanted to get circle back to you to see if you had any afterthoughts since uh, you last spoke. Well, I, see, I, th- I think the hard part about all this when you're in an in, in a job type of environment that has team no sleep as its culture is the combination of social and financial pressure to conform because it, it's one thing to say, well, okay, well, I'm just going to take care of myself and, and my own needs. When your boss says, no, you're not, you're going to stay here and work or you don't have a job anymore. And a lot of times they don't even have to make that threat explicitly. I mean, a lot of times the pressure is so strong that they don't even have to utter a word. It just takes, like Nancy said, people giving you dirty looks on the way out the door. Mm. It, it's, it's easier said than done to say, I'm going to extricate myself from that environment and take care of myself. Yeah, so the, so the, the hard part is we have to basically figure out sometimes you can't do anything about it. All you can do is get out of there and find another job. I mean, there's some environments that are just not good environments to be in. That's not easy to do when you've got bills to pay and you've got potentially kids to take care of. And, you know, so that that's really the hard side. So, so I think part of the, the missing piece that, that what a solution looks like for our culture is we need more environments kind of like, the milk crate that you've created, Amy, and for other groups, people need a landing place to go to that has supportive individuals that, that people will say, that sounds like you're really struggling. You know, how, how can we rally around you? How can we help you get into a better job? Or cause, cause we can't, we're not islands. We can't function by ourselves. And if you're, you know, we're, we're designed, we're hardwired to be plugged into a structure. And so if you're plugged into a dysfunctional structure that's forcing your behavior in an unhealthy pattern, the only way to extricate yourself is to plug yourself into something else instead. And unfortunately, right now, there's not a lot of great alternative places to go, but hopefully we can change that. We, we just have to create those resources. Well, thank you so much for encouraging people to look into communities like the milk crate, because I think it's really important to have, I mean, just as as our culture can negatively affect us, 
know, with toxicity and, you know, things like tea, no sleep, you know, people, the right people around us can really lift us up. So thank you for mentioning that. And, and I guess you mentioned, um, oh, Barbara has a, Barbara wanted to say something about that. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. I was waiting for when you were ready. It was like when Dave and you both touched on culture. I thought that it's interesting also since, um, Dear Monica dubbed me beautifully as cultural coach also. And as a cultural coach, you're also a cultural ambassador because you reflect, um, you represent your culture because we always speak about work culture, but we also bring our own culture. Like for example, I just moved from the South to the North. Traffic is much faster. You know how they always say in Europe, we say the Southerners know how to live. They have a three hour siesta, right? And they live and enjoy. They're happy people, you know, if you look at Europe, the Spanish and Italian people, the Côte d'Azur, they are relaxed. It's their way of life, you know. This thing, do you live to work or work to live, is a real thing. And I think it's ingrained in the culture of people. And I think that's so important to understand because when I first came to America, I was really shocked by the culture and therefore very quickly understood why there is such a thing as burnt out because we don't have that like even the teachers are different a German teacher is a happy camper because you're in your classroom you're your own boss the principal does not check on you because they they figure you've studied for 10 years you know what you're doing off you go so it is a bit as if you are self-employed already you know you do your own thing you also don't have parents that bug you all the time saying things like, um, why does my kid fail French? Because he didn't do his work and the best teacher in the world can't learn the vocab for him, you know? And an American teacher is under so much pressure. Now after COVID, they are totally burned out. And I think that's, that's, that's a culture that, that is in, in America a lot more This everybody right extra just like um, Nancy spoke about the dirty looks like I was teaching at an international school and um, it was just expected to always be there after hours I'm like no I have other things to do I have a family my job ends at four in Germany when <laughs> it's really they say like if the job ends at four they don't answer the phone at five minutes to four to ensure that they don't talk your head off <laughs> after four and that's purposely, and we Germans know it. If you want to talk to them, call sooner. They're not picking up anymore. And, and it's not fair, right? Because yeah. you sign on the dotted line till four. So why do they expect you to be there till six if you're really a good worker? You know, it's like, right. you don't want to do all this voluntarily? No, because I have a family, I have a plan, I have my calendar. And no, I do not. I've got a lot of dirty looks for that too, <laughs> coming from Germany and speaking up, you know, because they say like, she's really not deeply involved in this thing you know like we are but it's not fair is it we should all escort over you all deserve your time yeah yeah so i think you just like showed us how uh you know our cultures you know by country can really impact the way we look at things and depending on the attitude of the people around you they may use shame to be into submission or they will just, oh, they may actually hear you, but a lot of times it's it's shame. And, and that's, uh, you know, I remember when I went to Europe as a college kid, you know, backpacking through there, and I remember being like, wow, a two to three hour lunch? What? Like, <laughs> like that's a, what? I had never heard of such a thing. And then here I was like done with my food in 10 minutes, and I see everyone else are like, 
oh yeah i'm i'm a quarter through my plate and it's been an hour <laughs> it's like what okay wow dang yeah and i think it, it makes a huge huge difference so thank you for bringing that worldly knowledge to the conversation barbara I think that's a great <laughs> ad here um so i wanted to go back to dave for a second because i was gonna the reason why i took your question barbara because i knew i was going to transition the conversation because i had another question for dave dave you talked about you know and this is going to be started the, the the last part of the, the the discussion you talked a lot about you know uh team no sleep from the standpoint of someone who's coming from an eight to five uh someone who you know maybe the only solution is to go seek a different job what would you say about a business owner who is naturally team no sleep and therefore their own team has adopted team no sleep what would you say to a business owner who started that but wants to turn things around for their their company that's that's a great question because old habits die hard especially when they're automatic and it's something you've been doing for years or decades and my general philosophy about changing habits is if you identify a habit that you want to stop doing, it's actually better to focus on what you want to do instead. Uh, you know, one of the things like if you're and, and it's just no different than I would think about drinking or smoking or any other compulsive habit as my my experience is what the more I, and I kind of think about my experience with compulsive eating. I mean, I was when I was about 300 pounds. The more I thought about food and not eating food, the more it made me want to eat more. Mm. And part of the part of the solution ended up becoming, which I discovered by accident, to no credit of mine. I just ended up in a different social circle where people ended up influencing me in a good way. But ultimately, what I came to discover after the fact and looking at what made it really work, what able made it able to break some of the patterns was one was environmental factors just being in a different environment. And obviously it, mm -hmm. that may not necessarily be a practical option, but I would say the first thing I always look at is how can I change my existing environment? It could be moving a desk to another part of the room. It could be changing the visual layout so that different things are in the field of view. But what I like about that approach is that there's a it continually something there to remind me of what the new desire, the new commitment is. And I, I think from a behavioral standpoint, we, we, we just to, to think about what what would it be worth? Like, what would it be? What would become possible if I were to give up just you know the old habit of oh let's let's just chug another pot of coffee and go back to it for another four or five hours? Mm -hmm. Like, what you get that that's that's the comfort zone for a lot of people. Like, and, and if you own a mm -hmm. business and, and you have a team that's just going to go along with what you do. So that the question is, what would it, what would be possible if you were to give that up as a method? What, what level of accomplishment is not possible? And this requires a lot of honesty on the part of somebody to look within and say, what accomplishment am I never going to be able to get to by just staying up and burning the midnight oil more? Like what, what no longer, at what point does this no longer serve me? And it might be a matter of trust. It might be a relationship. It might be. Like you, you can incrementally improve performance up to a point and then hit a ceiling and say, okay, but if I really wanted to 10x the growth of this business, well, I can't 10x no sleep. Sorry, it just ain't gonna happen. I can't, I can't pull all nighters for six months long. Like there, there comes a point where my body is just gonna shut down. So I think it is. It lives in the world of what results do you want, 
And are you willing to be honest with yourself that you're not going to get those results, but with your old strategies, some people are willing, some people are not, but I think that's what the key comes down to. Uh, the, when you said, uh, you know, you can't 10 times no sleep. I, the first thing I was thinking was, what is 10 multiplied by zero? It's zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, Monica, I'll, I'll, I'm coming to you. Monica, what do you have to say about somebody, whether you have thoughts for what Dave just said, or you had a solution to propose to somebody who is a business owner, and is trying to turn their team no sleep team around. Uh, it's it's I think it's an answer to both uh, both those 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 things. Uh, one, Dave Dave's absolutely right. In order for you to change a behavior, focusing on the behavior you want to change is actually the opposite is doing the opposite effect, right? What you focus on expands. So if you expand on I'm not sleeping, I'm not sleeping. Guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna not sleep uh but if you if you focus on the behavior that you want to achieve of like i i really want to get off coffee right and i i really want to feel energetic energized naturally uh, then your actions are going to follow that focus right then you're going to go like well what is a way that i can not have to do caffeine and how many hours am i actually sleeping um but the solution <clears throat> the solution to it as a leader and shifting your group is by being an example. Um, you can't tell anybody to do something that you don't do yourself because one, they're going to roll their eyes and be like, well, you're a freaking hypocrite. Uh, you're telling me to do this and you don't even practice it yourself. Um, and so as a person who leads a group of people, I am, I am team sleep is magic. And uh, every time someone says I'm stuck and I'm like, well, you know, how, how much sleep have you gotten? Uh, and everyone in my organization will tell you, yeah, Monica is about that sleep. Uh, <laughs> she, she, she will say, you know what, go take a nap and come back fresh and try it again. Uh, and in encouraging people to actually have the behavior that one, you are modeling and two, that you want them to have when that, when a problem comes up, that being your first your first fix, your first adjustment really will make the difference. Um, and as an individual who's trying to create that, that space for yourself, uh, what I would say is prioritize sleep like you prioritize your clients. Uh, so if you know that you need, first of all, we should all be sleeping eight hours a night. Uh, there's 24 hours in a day, which means that if you take eight hours out of that, there's plenty of time for you to get a full day's work in and enough uh, social life in, right? Enough other things to do in your life. So there's plenty of time. There's no such thing as I have no time to sleep. Uh, time is a construct uh, and you are the master of your, your structure. Uh, you are the architect of that. So prioritize sleep, put eight hours in your calendar every single day, like an appointment. And if I showed you my crazy calendar right now, you would see big block of eight hours of time. And when I have to wake up earlier, I shift that eight hour block up to adjust to the waking up earlier. So I know for a fact that, okay, the night before I need to sleep at this time so that I can get up at this time, case in point. Um, our conferences um, are overnight sometimes for me uh, where they start at 1 a.m. And what do I do? I say, oh, well, I need to go to sleep early so that I can be up and fresh for this. I have an eight hour flight 
to get me to this conference and I'm going to sleep on my flight. Uh, and what I do is I tell everybody I'm traveling during that time. No one's expecting you to do anything during that point in time. And then I go and I do all of the things I need to do in order to get myself to sleep, right? I shower, I like put headphones on with waves. I like block out any light that can happen. I tell everybody in my house, I will kill you if you wake me. Uh, and essentially set myself up for success to have that eight hours of sleep. Uh, but what that does is that gives me a full eight hours of sleep. So when I wake up at midnight or 11 p.m., I'm in a new day and I'm ready to kind of bring, get, be ready for whatever is happening. Uh, and so if you can, if you know you're going to have a really hectic work life, it's, it's time for you to start managing your calendar in that way. Look at like, well, I can't go and do this because I do need to sleep during this time. And you'll find that you actually will get so much more done uh, and be more productive. Um, uh, most people say when they see what I've achieved over the last two years, they say, oh, you must not have slept. And I'm like, are you kidding? I've remodeled a house. I've taken on all kinds of stuff and built an entire company in two years uh, and networked all over the world, did all of these things and slept eight hours a day, most nights. Uh, the, uh, an occasional sleepless night here or there because of a sick kid or, or circumstances beyond my control. But if my regular practice is sleeping eight hours a day, then I, my calendar must reflect what my priorities are. Right, right, exactly. Ah, Monica, so many good things from that. So what I'm really taking away from what Dave said is that you have to be like super honest with yourself and make the effort to, to, to change your behavior, to adopt habits. And then you said something similar too, but you're talking about like, you know, you have to be your own leader, you have to be your own manager. And understanding that even if you are leading and managing a whole team around you uh, in a community, you know, you have to also lead and manage yourself. And that's really the key to, you know, making their time work for you. Uh, Nancy, it's been a while since I've heard from you. Do you, do you have any solutions to propose to somebody who is wanting to no longer be part of Team No Sleep? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, listen deeply to what your soul is telling you, <laughs> mm. and and um, you know if if you're in a corporate situation and your soul is being sucked dry like mine was, <laughs> um, it's it's time to make a change. And sometimes that that's the hardest thing to do when you're in an environment of people who are expecting you to sell your soul. To, for the good of their company. Um, so learning how to listen deeply to your own wisdom um, is, that was the first step for me. And <clears throat> that's, um, that's it's not always easy, but mm -hmm. like both Dave and Monica said, it's it's who you surround yourself with that, that will mm. um, help to elevate you to, where you want to go and sometimes you don't even know where that is you just need to start following those breadcrumbs and and they eventually lead you to the milk crate or to mink life university or to video mojo or um places like that yeah yeah 
follow the breadcrumbs. I think that's that goes back to awareness, right, Nancy? Like being yeah. willing to look for the breadcrumbs in the first place and believe that those right. breadcrumbs are actually for me. And then like exactly. actually following the breadcrumbs, like that's like, that's a whole like process to have to go through. Gosh, exactly. Humans, exactly. humans are so and complex. <laughs> when I first started following the the breadcrumbs, I described them as following the poppy seeds in black dirt because you have to look Ooh. really hard to see them. Yeah. And, but that's what it felt like I was doing because they weren't that easy to see. And eventually, the more you do it, the, the easier the easier it, it gets. Absolutely. Gosh, you just brought me back to my sea turtle days because those of you who are listening for the first time, I had a whole career <clears throat> with sea turtles and genetics. And uh, at some point I was on a nesting beach and, you know, the little hatchlings are in the, they're in the ground and they slowly come out to the surface. They put their little black noses up to the surface. And so they look like a little rock from far away. But, you know, if you just kind of dig around there, you see this little hatchling just kind of like frozen there because they're waiting for the nighttime to hit. And so, but, but there were times when I thought I saw a nose no, I ended up being like a little itty bitty rock. Like, no, of course I was with my expert coworker at the time who like spotted from 10 feet away. Oh yeah, there's a hatchling. And of course she, she saw a hatchling nose with like this big, you know, from that much away. So, but yeah, I just, it's just that, you know, when you are looking for something that's super small, but and so subtle, but so important, you know, it can be a whole scavenger hunt. So <laughs> if you're willing to look, Look, that's the thing. You have to be willing to look too. So, uh, Barbara, uh, same question to you before I officially wrap things up. You know, what would you tell somebody who wants to no longer be on team no sleep? Well, I go back to Monica's initial thing. I'm, just, I'm like, I lo- like, I make pictures in my mind when I hear stories and the baby, I can totally relate to. This is I'm running with that everywhere now, Monica. It's stolen officially and recorded because this is so essential. Because when my kids were little, um, I'm such an impatient person. Like with my daughter, she couldn't come fast enough. Professionally, I, I knew how long it takes to have a baby, but I was like, is she there yet? Is she there yet? You know, I'm yeah. that impatient. And um, I was forced to become patient because she didn't come sooner just because I didn't want to wait and there she came and I was dependent on her wording and I love to speak right to communicate through wording and it was hard to even understand her and then it brought me back to the essence of being human which is you're hungry you're sleepy right or something is really wrong you know and you really have to zone into it and really focus because otherwise you miss it you know you check those three and then you know oh now it might be something serious and i am like a baby too regarding that i get grumpy when i don't have enough sleep i know it exactly everybody knows it you know i mean of course professionally i don't explode but but i my body gives me really strong signals when i'm tired really says like you know you need to go to bed so I nap in between all the time to adjust. And I love the idea of the eight-hour flight because the transition um, with Monica from LA to um, London was huge. And although I come from Europe now, I'm in, I'm in America and it was really, really early. And I love your honesty and sincerity about it so much because you barely ever hear somebody 
who built an amazing business in two years, which is almost unheard of, right? And then still says, and I insist on sleeping, you know, I need my eight hours. And I think that's such a good reminder. Think, think really back to the essence of life and take your eight hours. You yeah. help yourself essentially, you know? So that's what I think is the best thing. Go back that's to awesome. your essentials. Sleep, eat, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you, Barbara, and thank you, everyone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap us up now because I could talk to you all for another two hours on this topic, but we're not gonna do that. <laughs> so, um, so Barbara, um, I would love to hear, um, you know, how people can get in contact with you, as well as one takeaway for yourself from today's discussion. Okay, well, they can reach me on LinkedIn under my name, Barbara Ulmer, or my website, beulanguages.com. Um, that's the easiest way. And my biggest takeaway is really the baby. I'm running with the baby. Remember, remember who you are. It's almost like the Simba moment, right? Mm -hmm. Remember who you are. You know, it just felt like that when Monica spoke to me from outside, right? Because it's really go back to your source. That's my biggest takeaway. It was fantastic again. And I love Dave, of course, also with the with the hourly thing. That was a click moment for me too, you know, because once you transition into business, you forget about the hourly life. And you need to not forget that either. When you do business with people who are hourly, you know, you need to also have an understanding. Like for example, when I work with my US Air Force people, they are tired because they had eight to 10 to 12 to 14 hour days, right? So I, to be understanding also of other people when you work together. So it's sometimes just be goofy to make it easier for them because you see they're tired, but they're trying to push through, you know, and don't have the freedom you have. I think understanding globally and mutually is important also. Yep, absolutely. Thank you so much, Barbara. So, you know, Get in touch with Barbara if you want to talk to her more about this or anything else having to do with languages. Monica, um, how can people get in contact with you? And what is one, one takeaway you got from this discussion? Uh, one, one takeaway is, is that's, that's the hardest question. <laughs> I know, that's why I was like, one. One takeaway. <laughs> yeah, the one takeaway, I, I think this conversation was really just a, a great reminder. Sometimes when we are uh, teaching, we also are uh, listening uh, as well. Uh, and so it's just a great reminder. I mean, today is one of those days where I'm, I'm extra tired. Uh, and so kind of giving a bit more patience with, uh, with myself, um, uh, and, you know, kind of reminding like, Hey, you had like, you had a long weekend and you weren't, uh, it was one of those weekends that you couldn't get the eight hours to sleep in. Um, and so it's time to kind of, you know, re, uh, refocus your energies on, on, on the, on getting all of those things back in alignment, I think was my, my one takeaway. Uh, and, you know, how people can kind of connect with me at Mink Life University. Uh, we are all about real people offering real help in real time. Uh, and so when Dave was talking about surrounding yourself with people who 
are um, exhibiting the healthy habits that you want to have. Uh, if you are a professional or a thought leader, a coach, a change maker, uh, entrepreneur, and you are looking to be surrounded by those kinds of people, uh, at Mink Life, uh, we are those kind of people. It's super simple uh, to connect with me. Uh, uh, it's really www.monicamhenderson.com if you want to have a direct connection with me. Uh, and on that page, you can stock all the other things that we do. <laughs> There's lots of links there for you to schedule a meeting with me or learn more about um, Mink Life and all the different ways that we kind of support uh, people who are changing the world uh, so that people can live their birthright of being healthy, wealthy, and fulfilled. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you, Monica. Uh, you know, Dave, Dave, can you please tell the, the people where they, how they can reach you as well as like one quick takeaway? Sure. Yeah. You can find me at dave-baldwin.com. Don't forget the hyphen. And the one takeaway, I'm, I'm going to remember what Monica said about the, the, the taking the red eye flight and just imagine, I think of it as a thought experiment. If I, if I had to be somewhere with somebody else for eight hours and I said, sorry, you can't reach me because I've got this thing going on for eight hours. What if I thought about sleep the same way? Mm, love that. Yep. That was a fantastic tip from Monica. Thank you, Dave. And Nancy, take us home. Tell people how they can get in touch with you as well as one takeaway from today's discussion. My one takeaway is hashtag, hashtag sleep is magic because <laughs> magic is like alchemy and alchemy is when we, we get, um, we receive a result that we didn't expect to. So when we are, um, when we're sleeping eight hours, we have, we have no idea what the uh, result of that um, time will be. So hashtag sleep is magic. And to get in touch with me, my website is beingwithgrief.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook as Nancy Leffler or Being With Grief. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, I took away so many, so many things from this discussion, and I basically weaved my takeaways all throughout all throughout the, the entire thing. So, um, but if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can visit my website at untoldstoryenterprises.com or email me at amy at amylancy.com or you can visit the Milk Crate Mastermind website by going to milkcratemastermind.com and I would love to hear you know any thoughts and what Monica would say rude remarks <laughs> for any of our episodes that will be released uh, by the time you listen to this. So uh, thank you everyone. This was an amazing discussion. Uh, and until next time, viewers or listeners, um, uh, see you soon. <laughs>